Attention, Mark and Dan Meets World listeners. The suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio are about to meet their match when three best friends have come across hardships on trying to make their dream movie. Follow Craig, Jamie, and motherfucker Dave as they beg, borrow, and steal their way to achieve legendary status, only a Mark McKay's indie comedy hit, Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. Starring Sean Manos, Mary Lee Osborne, Matthew Phillips, Josh Miller, Haley Madison, and a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. I have one question for you. Are you ready to be a suburban legend? Available now on storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's storeenvy, S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y.com slash M-A-R-K-M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S Gimmick Table. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Welcome to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm Mark McKay. Mark, how are you doing today, my brother? I'm doing so good. Uh, I got a question for you. What's that? What is the capital of North Co- North Dakota? Bamps? <sighs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> I am such an idiot, but today <laughs> we are talking about Boy Meets World Season 1, Episode 22, I Dream of Feeny, this season finale. We made Woo! it one season, Mark. We made it one season. Congratulations, Dan, on your success of making it to one season and by dealing with me yes i think i earned it Uh, (laughs) well deserved you all earned it as well uh thank you guys for tuning in this has absolutely been one fun season uh i think the viewers on imdb also agreed they gave this episode 7.9 out of 10 with 166 likes it aired march 13th 1994 mark i think this was a great season one finale yeah, I mean, after everything we've experienced, seen, laughed, this was a nice capsulation of everything involved. It had uh, the bond between Corey and Sean, the slight razzing of with Topanga and Minkus, um, and it shows Mr. Feeney is a very forceful teacher, and the love of the parents. It has everything we've wrap- learned in season one wrapped up. And it has a typical Michael Jacobs, no continuity because Corey and Sean are complaining about studying for a geography test in which Corey argued, why do we need to study for geography? Which earlier in this episode, he was in a fucking geography B. You Did mean, you catch that? Er, er, yeah, earlier in this season, he was... He, he like studied geography. He find the stuff extraordinary. And he then did. He, he just actually like, enjoyed it. Yeah, and then he was just like, yep, fuck this. And he's <laughs> learning about the Sandwich Islands but he can't remember the capital for probably either of the Dakotas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we'll say there was one thing in the, in the scene really quick uh, before we get to the rest of it, they're talking about like trying to fake sick. And Sean said, he was like, um, Feeney told me that if my grandmother dies one more time, he wants to see the body. Uh, <laughs> this reminds me of something. I used to uh, work at a factory and one of the guys there, I, I remember telling the uh, the owner of the place, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'll be able to make it in. Or, you know, I was telling him, like, oh, I have to go to a funeral or something. 
And he goes, yeah, you see Larry over there? His grandmother's died four times now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just what that reminded me of. <laughs> uh, so did you read the Disney Plus description of this episode? No. All right. So it's Corey thinks he has a superpower when Mr. Feeney falls ill. So it, <laughs> if you've never seen this episode, you're like, wait, Corey had a superpower? And you just think he's like an X-Man or something. And then, like, that's not really what this episode was about at all. Not at all. I mean, there was that short scene in in the cafeteria when Corey's calling himself Sick Boy and everything. Topanga is talking about the force of the winds, and then Sean's like, you didn't make Feeney get sick. You know, how about you try to make Minkus feel sick? And then Minkus comes by and goes, I'm not feeling well. And, you know, yeah. That's like the furthest that they really go into other than Sean trying to run away from Corey. But that's only because Topanga brought up karma at that point. That yeah. was literally the only mention of him having a superpower. Yeah. And then after uh, Minka says, yeah, I'm not really feeling too well after hearing about Mr. Feeney's in the hospital. Like that just puts a kibosh on Corey having the superpower storyline. Yeah. <laughs> So not good, Disney Plus. Not good at all. <laughs> Are you aware that teachers apparently get one week of sick time every year? I, I learned it from this episode. After dealing with COVID and seeing what teachers have to deal with, mm-hmm. I firmly believe teachers should have a month every year of just sick days. They should definitely have a, a month of and sick days. Especially in hindsight. You remember how like filthy and dirty and gross kids are? Yeah. Like They cough with their mouth open. They eat with their mouth open. Uh, they they wipe their nose and then they touch everything. Kids are gross. Yeah, and just the lack of disrespect that they give teachers too. Like they're just trying to help you learn, and then just got some kid being a shithead. Yeah, <laughs> and that was funny. Like, so Feeney calls off sick, and this is the last time that we get to see Sean and Minkus have banter. Unfortunately, which we'll talk about here a little bit later. A substitute teacher comes in, and she was like, "I didn't get the lesson plan for today." Sean runs over, covers Minkus's mouth, and the teacher just believes Sean. Like she, she looks at Minkus and goes, "Is that true?" Of course, Minkus is going to say it. Oh yeah, it's true. We don't have a test today. We're talking about poetry. Why the yeah. fuck would she believe anybody at that point? Yeah. So, <laughs> I have a story. But have you ever had a substitute teacher because a teacher called off sick? Of course. All right. So. In high school, we had this guy, and he was the best because, like, every time he would come in to substitute whatever class, like, it could be history, it could be science, it could be math, doesn't matter what it was. He would just kind of get an idea of what we're learning, and then he would teach it. But here's the thing. This guy developed such a reputation that he was, like, a rapper. Like, he would do, like, these, like pretty good raps and the funny thing about him was that he was this really tall old nerdy white guy (laughs) (laughs) like he came in with like a tie but the tie was like mismatched so like the tie was like slightly off from the actual tie part and he had like mustard stains or whatever the fuck on his shirt and he had like these big giant coke bottle glasses he's balding hair real skinny he just like picture an old nerd. This is what that guy is. And whenever he came in, like you could tell this guy really wanted to be a teacher. Like he was just like, Oh, let me, let me teach you some math. Let me teach you history or whatever. But like kids were just so like, no, 
we refuse not to listen <laughs> until you do a rap. And he would go, all right, let me tell you about the strip kicker five. And then he would just start going into like this kind of like Dolomite <laughs> style, just like jive talk. Like if you've ever watched the movie Dolomite. Yeah. And then how he just goes into like Dolomite is such a wild pimp. Like this is what that guy did. He did like these kind of like story raps and the class just fucking popped for it every single time he did it. So every time he came in, we refused to learn anything. We refused to do any paperwork, anything until he rapped. And it was the greatest thing. And nobody knows this guy's name. We just call him the trip kicker five guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We definitely had some subs in my school. Um, in middle school, no one ever listened to them. So whenever a teacher <laughs> called off sick, it was just total anarchy for the entire day for those poor substitute teachers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the teacher would come back like the next day or two days later from being sick. And just the next thing you know, she was like, she has to come back to class. And there were so many kids sent to the principal's office and she has to read <laughs> up why so many kids were suspended. Um, <laughs> there was one kid who uh, was yelling at one of the girls in seventh grade and when the teacher yelled at him she's like go down to the principal's office he slammed his book down on the table and yelled go suck some pussy uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what was great was the year earlier i remember it was the same sub i uh i was sitting in between these two kids who were like yelling at each other and the next thing you know they both took out their rulers and started whacking each other like over the top of me <laughs> um and then another kid like so the one kid the it was the go suck some pussy kid he got sent down to the, to the uh <laughs> he was part of both of these he got sent down to the office first so the other kid was there and he starts talking trash to another kid then that other kid has a metal ruler and he starts banging it on the table like you know how you would like try to do a baseball bat to intimidate some but it's just this little metal ruler yeah uh, but it was the hard like science tables so he hit it a couple times and it broke and flung across the room and cut another kid in the lip. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming the go suck some pussy kid is his Christian name. I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> that is why he will live in infamy. Uh, <laughs> but I do like how the next time you see the teacher in the show, it's Mistake. very silly. Yeah, it's very silly because all the kids are sleeping in class and then Corey has this moment of where he's brave and he tells the teacher that she's wasting her life with poetry, that she should just bake cupcakes for him. And she agrees and she already has cupcakes for him. And now the class is a party. And then <laughs> Mr. Feeney walks in and he's and Corey's telling Feeney about how great it is and how there's cupcakes and he gives Feeney a cupcake and he throws it at Sean, and then Sean turns around and go asks Corey why he did that. And he goes, it wasn't me, it was Feeney. And then Sean tells him that was a sick joke because Feeney's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, yeah, well, with Miss Chase, just kind of like, because for a second, I was just kind of believing that she was like going, yeah, sure, let's eat cupcakes. Yeah. And, until like she just pulled him out of nowhere and i was like oh all right this is like a dream sequence or something but do you know of anybody who would be a better substitute teacher than karen chase oh i can think of a few people but i think you'd have somebody in particular i mean if anybody who's been listening to the show up to this point knows but 
the best substitute teacher to replace Karen Gibb, to even replace Mr. Feeney, is Mr. Donald Gibb. That's right. Another job for hashtag jobs for Don Gibb. Mr. Gibb, can we go over our math homework before lunch? Math. Math is dumb. You're dumb for liking math. You're so dumb, you thought KFC was UFC for chickens. Nerd! (laughs) Don Gibb, if you ever listen to this show, I really, really hope that you look into being a substitute teacher. (laughs) How badass of a sub would he be? That would be so amazing. Him just walking in with a sleeveless button-up shirt with a tie. Yeah. I guarantee you nobody would be hitting each other with rulers in that class. (laughs) I would love to see him rap like the Trip Kicker 5 guy. You better watch out. You better not cry. There's a terrorist attack. It can only be saved by one guy and a St. Bernard. Dan Brown and Heyman save Christmas. That's right. Dan Brown, my co-host of Mark and Dan Meets World, has his full comic book series out and available right now. A real Scrooge of a terrorist blows up Santa's toy shop, putting Christmas in jeopardy. It's on a recently fired comedian and his trusty four-legged best friend to make sure Christmas is safe for all the boys and girls across the world. Dan Brown and Heyman save Christmas. You can go to danbrowncomedy.com for more information. That's danbrowncomedy.com. But you know what I realized while I'm watching the show? Mm. At least to my current memory, and this might change as as we do watch the TV shows before we come out here and, and talk about it with each other. This is the first of what I believe is three times that we see imaginary Feeney. Mm-hmm. Because we'll see imaginary Feeney again when Eric is in college and he's stressed out about uh, studying and the test. And the next time we do see a dream Feeney, uh, or we see imaginary Feeney, is when Corey keeps killing Sean in his dreams. Mm-hmm. So we do get to see Dream Feeney or Imaginary Feeney, however you want to call him, because in this episode, he's technically both. Yeah. There's we- also another Dream Feeney that you missed out, uh, but it doesn't come to Girl Meets World. The first episode where You're Corey right. gets back, there's a Dream Feeney there as well. Yeah, we did see. We did see. I would say that's Imaginary Feeney because okay. Corey was actively awake at that point. Okay. But this episode, we we see him in dream and imaginary form. I love when Corey wakes up, and this is such a great comedy spot, especially for the kids' show, and especially yeah. because Feeney is fitting what Corey believes Feeney to be. He wakes up, he turns to Eric to talk to him, and Feeney is in Eric's bed memorizing the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the least terrifying nightmare on Elm Street possible. But you know what I mean? Like, wasn't that great where he wakes up, he sees him, and because in Corey's mind, that's something that Feeney would be doing. Yeah. Feeney would be trying to read the dictionary for fun. Yeah, just memorizing it, just out of the blue, at middle of the night. And one of the things that you mentioned was that we do see the parents' love for for Corey in this episode as well. Mm -hmm. We do see, you know, mom and dad making the card for, uh, making the card for Feeney. Um, the get well card with mom's sloppy handwriting, trying to just give him goodwill. But when Corey does not fall back asleep, he's in the kitchen drinking coffee and his dad is talking to him and his dad's trying to tell him, you didn't do this to Mr. Feeney. He's not sick because of you. He's just trying to be a good dad. And Corey's telling him how guilty he feels. And he explains to him that he had a teacher 
that taught him math and he was able to add up all the numbers in his head at the grocery store when he was just a box boy faster than the kids could do it on the computer and his dad said i wish i could thank her which leads to this next scene which if you're watching this show this scene let's say let's say abc and disney did not pick this up for a second season mm-hmm. and it would have ended right here perfect mm-hmm Absolutely. I love this scene. He goes to the hospital. He gives Feeney the geranium, but he calls it germanium. Yeah. Or what's he call it? Germanium. Germanium. And then Feeney tells him the correct pronunciation. And then Corey says what he originally said. I thought I said germanium, Uh, (laughs) which Feeney said, you did say that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then Nurse Jill comes in and, and Feeney's trying to get some. Uh, <laughs> and, and him and Corey have this this great bonding moment where it's it's just like they're two friends just talking to each other. Yeah, and, and he even says, you know, he even tells Corey, he's like, "Don't ruin it for me." But I also love the part too where Nurse Jill comes in and she says, "Is this your grandson?" And they're both like offended <laughs> by that accusation. Yeah, if you go back to the very first episode where Corey gets detention and then Feeney and Corey have that kind of like slight bonding moment. And then we go through this entire journey of season one. And then if like how you said, if they didn't pick up season two and then this is where it ended, this is, this is a perfect ending too, because you've, we've learned with Corey and then after Corey and Feeney butting heads, they finally like, had this like bonding moment and then you can tell I, or at least this is like what I picked up on where Corey, you can see Corey eventually becoming a teacher stepping into the shoes of Mr. Feeney because Corey does learn uh, when he goes to thank Mr. Feeney about like, thank you for teaching me the process of learning and how I'm going to know all the stuff that you're teaching me. That doesn't mean anything to me now, will mean something to me in the future. And Corey even has that great line where uh, right before he leaves, like you said, he thanks Mr. Feeney, but he's not sure for what yet. Mm-hmm. And you hit it right on the head. Just a fantastic moment. And then, you know, Feeney says he can't die because he still has to teach him. And Corey's talking about what he's taught him already, where he's like, what's the atomic weight of if some guy comes up to him on the street and says, what's the atomic weight of geranium? He can say, that's a plan, you idiot. (laughs) And Feeney has a legitimate belly laugh. Yeah. And this is really the first time we see Feeney have joy on his face talking with Corey. Mm -hmm. This is actually the moment that I picked up on where where Mr. Feeney gets healthy because yeah. I, I've, I mean, I'm sure you've been to hospitals where you've seen like, you know, parents, loved ones like in the hospital and they're just kind of like, just looking just so malnourished, pale and everything. And this is kind of like what Mr. Feeney was looking like, but like when Mr. Feeney just had that belly laugh, he kind of like tilted his head. going, <laughs> It just kind of like brought joy. Cause you're like, you knew Mr. Feeney was going to get better from that moment and from going to hospitals, you know, seeing, you know, family members and loved ones, 
like in like a pretty bad shape and then making a joke and then just them laughing, you know yeah. that things are going to be better. So like that's what I, I kind of picked up on. And then uh, the head nurse dragon, Ms. yeah, that nurse still drags. She's like, "Dragon alert! Get out of here!" Yeah, I, I love that part too. Do do we ever see Nurse Jill ever again? Sadly, we do not. Okay, but Mark, I think you know why. I do. Okay, so if memory serves me correct, in the fan fiction that I just wrote in my head, Nurse Jill. Battles a dragon of a head nurse that has been terrorizing Philadelphians for years. Nurse Jill heard about the head nurse's murderous spree in Philly, so Nurse Jill fights the head nurse dragon in a in the meat hall at John Adams General Hospital and tears off the head nurse's arm, mortally wounding her. So he finally, she finally gets one up on her. So Nurse Jill goes back home to Philly and becomes their queen. Fifty years after their last battle, the head nurse and Nurse Jill are forced to fight after an orderly steals a golden cup from the head nurse's lair. <laughs> this last battle is, however, difficult for Nurse Jill, who receives help from one of her fellow nurses, and the two finally defeat the dragon head nurse. During the battle with the head nurse, Nurse Jill is mortally wounded. The heroine goes back to the hospital to receive treatment. And dies of COVID. Rest in peace, Nurse Jill. Ah, oh, Nurse Jill. You hate to see her. She is, she is one of the 400,000. <laughs> 400,000 just came out today. To give you guys an idea, today is January 19th, 2021, when we're actually uh, recording this. I know that this episode is going to come out in the middle of February, so it's probably going to be closer to 500,000 at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and Nurse Jill was the first one. She was the first one. Oh, R.I.P. Nurse Jill. <laughs> we also never see Karen Chase either. No, we don't. Substitute teacher. Well, she didn't die for everybody who's <laughs> waiting in anticipation for her death story. The but ghost sucks, the ghost sucks some pussy kid hit, hit her with a roar. <laughs> she was hit with shrapnel. It's a very sad story. She had to retire from subbing. <laughs> I like that one better than my story. But uh, (laughs) the reason why we don't see Karen Chase for a long time is actually today's sponsor of the week. Coming this fall to ABC, Karen Chase is a substitute teacher. Nurse Jill is not. The only thing they have in common is their roommates. They get into each other's hair and into each other's work. And both got each other fired. These two shoving buddies must put aside their differences as they open their very own cupcake business. No money, no shame. Just cupcakes. Karen Chase's Cupcakes. Don't miss this fall on ABC. That's Wednesday nights after the Goldbergs. <laughs> two scenes left in the show. And, and the next scene is great. Because... Earlier in the show, Corey's asking for a sign. He looks in the backyard, and Feeney's yard duck falls over, and he gets even more scared. So Corey goes in the backyard. He's trying to set it up. His dad sees him. He goes to get some tools. But then Feeney comes out of the house because Feeney came home early. And Feeney actually asks Corey for help planting the geranium that Corey got him, something that we're going to see a little bit later in the series. 
way later. Literally yeah. at the very end of the series. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and like with that last episode, that's such a an amazing callback to this episode too. Where and the garden metaphors that Mr. Feeney gives, I believe are the best. And, and this is one of my favorite ones. And this also leads to the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week where as he's gardening, he's taking the puny little geranium and putting it into the thing. And Corey is just like, you're taking my little plant out here. And like the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week would be, you know, with the help of a proper gardener, a puny plant has the potential to grow and flower. And I remember seeing this episode when I was a kid and I would think, oh, you do need to have chances to grow and become more. This is one of my favorite metaphors slash Mr. Feeney lessons of the week. As long as no one wishes it ill. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so the final scene of this show. Yes. The final scene of season one. You have Corey, you have Sean, you have Topanga, and you have Minkus. And Topanga is holding a light bulb in her hand. And she is trying to get them to concentrate on lighting the light bulb with their minds. No, electri no electricity, no electrical current. The four of them, if they focus hard enough, are able to light up the light bulb. And she tells them to concentrate. And then concentration, you can do anything. And Corey and Sean concentrate while looking at Minkus. And he disappears. Yes. And we Son don't, of a bitch. And we don't see Minkus until senior year when they graduate. I know. So and this, I, is, they, this is how much they that Minkus bother them that they're going to make him disappear for the next several years. Yeah, I I really wish we could have seen Minkus in the high school in the high school series. Mm -hmm. Maybe even go to college with them too. But at the same time, you look back at what the high school series was for them, and you got to wonder, like, okay, how would a Mink how would Minkus actually have fit in with everything going on here? Because I see like Harley Kiner would just beat the shit out of him on a daily basis. Yeah, and then even then, like he would just kind of pop in and then probably distract from a lot of the episodes especially like when they get into more like the heavier relationship heavy based episodes like when spoilers if you if you guys haven't gotten that far on a over 20 year old tv show um, I, I think i think it's safe that we don't have to say spoilers anymore mark yeah but like the whole like lauren uh storyline with Corey and lauren like where would minkus fit into that um where Angela is kind of contemplating on if she's going to go with Sean, if she's going to stay with her father, where would Minkus fit into that? There's just like so much where it's like, yeah, we would love to see Minkus as like an old friend, but ultimately what are we going to do with him? We certainly would have loved to see Minkus a little bit more. Unfortunately, like you said, we don't see him until the graduation episode in season five, but hopefully, hopefully we see you guys back next week. We appreciate you guys listening to this episode. We do hope you guys come back next week. Like we said, IMDb gave this 7.9 out of 10. Mark, I'm giving it an 8.7. I will go ahead and give it a solid 9. Just because how they wrapped everything up. If this was the last time we've ever seen Boy Meets World, this was a good 
bow to tie on the series. But there's going to be more. There's absolutely more. You don't have to worry about it. There are going to be way more episodes of Mark and Dan Meets World. Next week, instead of jumping into Season 2, Mark, you and I are going to do a Season 1 recap. Yes, uh, we've got a, a quite a few questions from our audience, and we'll be reading them live on air. See what you guys are saying to us. And you can listen to those questions by listening to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Spotify. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We hope you guys tune in next week. For Mark, I'm Dan. Have a good afternoon. Do good. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan.